Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys (laughs) too but dante was my guy Get to dashing because you're done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Looking to help your favorite Chiefs podcast? Well, we're trying to raise money to create merchandise for our online store, as well as be able to have more merch to do giveaways to all of our fans. To any of our YouTubers, if you see down below, you can show your support with the new Super Thanks option. Any amount will go a long way towards helping us launch our online store. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks to all of our followers for your continued support. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm here with our guy, former tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, how you doing, buddy? What's up, my brother? What's going on? How you doing today? Doing all right? Doing fantastic. You know, week, week two of training camp, you, can't, you know, we're it's a, it's a week closer to when the things actually start to get real. Obviously, training camp is real, but like, you know, when the things actually start to count, you know, so obviously I'm very excited about that. <laughs> well, week two, man, you know, we this is when you start putting on the pads and when the pads come on, it is real. It's when you really get to see how guys actually how they play. It's kind of testing them, testing their metal, if you will, mm. uh, because they, look, we we always say this, you know, as coaches and as players, uh, you know, everybody looks good without their pads on. I mean, you should. If, if you're out there just flying around in your shorts, I mean, you're supposed to look pretty. You're supposed to look good catching every football. You're supposed to catch the one-handed catches. You know, like uh, you know, some some would, was putting on here Justin Ross and all these guys catching. One. You're supposed to do that. It's about what you do when you get the pads on and somebody's hitting you dead in your mouth or, you know, grabbing on you. How do you how do you respond to that thing then? Right. So this is it, man. This is the realness right here, baby. I like it. Second week of training camp. And now when we talk about like, the pads and obviously like sometimes earlier on in training camp, you know, you have the days without the pads. Right. And everyone looks like superstars. Is it possible that the opposite? We're going to get into this more with a certain player, uh, and when we get to the show. But is it possible the opposite happens where like we put the pads on? If I was having a shitty first part of the, the training camp, you know, days without pads, and now like when I put the pads on, that's when it actually counts. Do do coaches kind of discount that? Like, okay, you had a bad first couple of days, but you know, you're just getting that out of the system. We get back to the acclimated to things, but now pads come on. That's when that's when they kind of like will look at a player differently, more so seriously. 
Yeah, because, I mean, that's how you're going to be playing, right? right? I mean, so if, if we know, you know, during the season, you're wearing pads and you want to evaluate a guy when it's more physical out there, that's what, it, like a more realistic setting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how it is. And like I said, uh, guys are going to be flying around without their, uh, the pads on. This is this is what it's going to be. But like I said before, if, if I'm doing an evaluation of a guy, you know, I want to see the full scope. I want to see how he feels. And, and I was looking over some of the film, some of the, the video that people were putting out there. I wish I had a little bit more. You know, I wish I had a little bit more film to actually see these guys. And I, I, I'm going to say this. Anybody who's out there, if you have some, some film, send it to us. Send it to Marcus. Send it to me. I want to see some more like, uh, like uh, uh, linebacker work, tight end work, uh, some one-on-ones. If you got any of that video, man, send it to us. I love to just, just to evaluate it before I could get out there. And hopefully uh, I'll have a chance to get out there and see what the guys look like. Uh, you know, it's just me, like as far as evaluating things, I like to see for myself so I can make some type of uh, an assessment of it. Now, I'll tell you what, what I've seen so far uh, from a lot of guys uh, has been oppressive on both sides of the ball. You know, we could talk about like different individuals. They talk about Sky Moore, who was, who's been awesome out there before. I guess, I guess he got like a little tweak or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talking about, you know, some of the running backs have been doing a great job. And so I think we'll, we'll kind of fall into that too uh, with this show. Uh, but defensively, you know, let's give defense some love as well. They said, you know, defensively, some guys have been showing up. Uh, you know, Frank, you know, Chris always been doing his thing. The linebacker core looks good. You know, the DBs are starting to come out there and they're, they're starting to uh, compete a little bit. And so all those things, man, are starting to add up. So that's what I like. Um, and so here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say you're, you're right about that. I, I, I'm only seeing certain types of videos. Obviously, we have Mahomes, so you're going to see a lot of throws and a lot of the pass catching and stuff. But, like, you don't really see much of the, the tight ends. I haven't really seen much of that. I've heard that Noah Gray's look good. Uh, but I heard, I heard Fortson look good for a little bit before the, the injury. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I haven't really seen much in the tight the tight end group. Obviously, we have Kelsey, but like, yeah, I don't really see much about that. I heard that Chanel um, had a laid out Ronald Jones. Uh, I think yesterday, like laid him out, like uh, met him at the line, just, just nailed him. Um, yeah. And that's something that you know that, that was a, his brand coming out of uh, Wisconsin. Um, so yeah, a lot of things. And yeah, JD's right. Send him our way um, at uh, J A S U S T D eighty nine on Twitter and at Dash of News on uh, Twitter. So. Um, before we get into the show, um, if anybody who watches the show and listens to the show knows that uh, a, a, a third of the show, JD's side, comes from Kentucky. Um, and obviously, you know, the the the, the tragedies that, that have gone on there this week with, with the floods, um, I want to bring attention to that. Uh, JD, do you have anything to say about what's going on um, in Kentucky? Yeah, uh, you know, I heard a lot of friends from just uh, was checking on me to see if we was okay. I said that, you know, we're, we're doing fine, but please, you know, pray for the families down in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, that's where more the most of the floods have been uh, affecting the people. Uh, when we've seen the loss of life, that's where it's been. So down there, kind of Pike County, Breathitt, you know, uh, Jackson, like all over, like kind of Eastern Kentucky, man, it, it's, it's, it's been bad. And, and if you have a chance uh, to, to send uh, any type of donation or help for, you know, to, to help in, you know, the uh, replacement of, what these people have lost. I mean, these, these people have lost everything. And I'll tell you what, man, it, it's when, when you see the devastation, uh, it's tough. It's really tough to see that. And then, you know, humanity has to just feel for the people, what they're going through. And so uh, we're trying to do our part here. 
I know my son there high school have been trying to get out there to try to do something with some of the football teams down there as well, trying to help out. And so I just I want to commend everybody for at least reaching out for that. But, you know, put your prayers in for the people down here in Eastern Kentucky who is dealing with the flooding uh, and their families and their lives that they find everybody hopefully uh, unharmed and alive. And if they don't, you know, pray for them and just for the comfort that they uh, that they may see in days to come with this. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's real tragic, man. It's so fortunate to see that. Uh, the last few months, your, your state's been pretty hit hard with the tornadoes, and then now with with with, with this. Yeah, tornadoes, man. And, and you know, we were just kind of talking about that. It, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, you know, you might see one or the other. You know, I, I you know I think we see kind of like me being from Kentucky. You know, because you got hills, you got a lot of rivers and different things like that. Like you, you see some flooding, and a lot of people live in like the hollers and the valleys and stuff like that. So flooding is is something that is is pretty normal, but to that degree where you just start wiping out uh, cities and people like sleep at that time, man, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, you know, to them, man, it's home. It is. It's home. You know, it's the same thing like in, I'm sure in Kansas, where people's like, hey, look, I know tornadoes are coming through, but I'm not going to move. This is home to me. And then some people don't have the resources to move, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, you know, we just got to, you know, try to, uh, you know, help them and, and uh, support them as much as possible. You know, but it's, you know, Kentucky has been through a battle, a battleground of, of late. But you know what, man, we resilient people out here in Kentucky in the bluegrass, you know. So, you know, our moniker is that we're the thoroughbreds. So we're going to keep going, man. Some t- tough built people out this way. But, you know, God bless. God bless. Them. God bless us and everybody else out there for real. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yes, uh, for me and my my family, yeah, we're, we're saying our prayers and loved ones uh, to all, all uh, the uh, loved ones out there um, who have you know are looking for people still, and you know, um, and if people want to help out, um, I believe there's the, the Kentucky Flood uh, Relief on Red Cross uh, the website, and you can people can donate and, and give uh, and give back um, to the people in uh, Kentucky to help out. Any, yeah. and any any little bit helps in those situations. That's right, and a little bit of helps, man. I mean, when we talk about like just you know, water, you know, little foods and stuff like that. I mean, what you can do, always going to help us, you know, uh, too much is never, you know, something would say, look, every little thing is, is as gracious as you can give. I don't care if you can just give a dollar, if you could get 50 cents, all of that will help. So, yeah. Yeah, it's in situations like these. Like I remember as a, as a kid, you know, the Katrina situation. I, I remember that being vivid. That, that that's something in my mind. That I remember, you know, kind of getting the whole talk from my parents of what you know of what a little bit can go a long way to help uh, pe- people in these kind of you know extraordinary uh, situations and such. Um, and this is one of those. So yeah, um, Red Cross uh, website. I'm sure there's other website as well, but Red Cross always a, a safe one when it comes to uh, donating uh, to the right um, to the right stuff. Um, so. Um, okay. Now to, to get out of that, uh, to go to more to lighter, the lighter side of things with the uh, training camp, uh, being week two of training camp, as we kind of mentioned, um, earlier, um, the first topic tonight, this was kind of, you know, a guy who we've talked about on the show, who's got a lot of slander from chief fans, just, you know, and he, even he mentions that, but in our first topic, then we we're going to talk Frank Clark. Um, so after a week of training camp, uh, we're starting to learn more about the new faces and the familiar faces. Um, and we got to see a little bit of a slimmer Frank Clark uh, over the last few weeks. Um, he took to the podium to discuss a variety of things. Uh, he said shortly after the season, he spoke to Andy Reid and coach told him that he's underperformed uh, the team's expectations. And he said, uh, 
even he's underperformed. He said that five sacks, the guy an average player gets in, in the NFL. Um, and he's had what average, ten, average five sacks the last two years. And he says he need, he needed to do better. Um, so this offseason, he cut out red meat. He cut out alcohol, um, allowing him to shed the weight, uh, feel healthier and faster. Um, and also a guy who's had stomach ailments over the last few years. He said since he's cut that out back in February, he hasn't really had any stomach ailments. Um, so uh, so that, that that's a good thing. You know, it, it's always amazing to see when when guys, you know, who have been felt the slander, who have heard the stuff, you know, he did the contract. He kind of, you know, reshaped his contract this year to help the team out, um, you know, did things to do that. And then he did, the, you know, doing stuff personally, too, with the weight loss and all this stuff. Um, and on top of that, he's doing something, you know, helping out the young bucks. Um, have you seen any video? You've seen a lot of videos after practice. Frank Clark's working with the young guys, mainly uh, George Karloftis. Um, and he's a big fan of Karloftis, and he says he wants to see him succeed. Um, he brought up, you know, when he was in Seattle, uh, Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill kind of uh, took them, took him under their wing, and yeah. you know, Tim yeah. kind of showed him to be successful in the league and you know how to do stuff, and that's what he's doing with Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Also mentioned the the Big Ten connection with a Purdue guy and a Michigan guy coming together, which I thought was cool. Right. Um, but what are you, what are your thoughts on what uh, Frank has said um, at at the podium, and uh, also what he what he's doing to kind of better himself uh, as we get into to, to the season? Well, I mean, first off, man, I I like where he's at. I, li- I like where he's at mentally um, in the thought process. I mean, it's just uh, the the sometimes it's, you know the maturation uh, process that it takes for a guy to get to where he understanding like there's other things he can do to bring uh, uh, value to the table. And so uh, I think this was one of those those moments during this offseason where he really had to understand, um, you know, truly who he was as a player. Who's he, who, who, what is his leg- legacy going to be, right? And so sometimes I think when, when you, know, you try to evaluate yourself, uh, what you've done in the past few years, because like I said, it's a performance-based business, uh, and you realize that you want to perform, that – you feel like you've shortened or, or uh, shortchanged everybody that is coming to watch the game expectation. And I love how he said when he went to Andy, him and Andy have such a great relationship because both was from, you know, LA that they were just truthful for one another. And so to be honest with you, I think that's what you really need. You need somebody to be absolutely truthful with you, especially somebody that, you know, has your best interests, somebody that, you know, is going to tell you the truth. Uh, that is going to be critical, but it's saying something in a way that will motivate you. And so I think that was the thing. Andy was like, listen, man, look, you know, what we're expecting out of you, you just didn't perform. You just didn't. Let's just be honest here. And I want you to, you know, be honest too. Like, like it's, it's, it's important that we live in a reality of, of truthfulness, right? You know, so uh, Clark understood it. Frank really understood that. And he, he appreciated Andy for just being, uh, uh, you know, really, you know, straight up with him. And uh, I always appreciate that from coaches to tell you the truth. Guys need to hear truths from the coaches. Uh, and so that's a great thing. But I think with him doing that reflection on what he gave the season and what he, he feels like he wants to go with the rest of his life or at least the career here in Kansas City, he understands he needs to give back. He needs, you know, he needs to perform at a higher level than what he's been doing the past couple of years. Uh, and especially, you know, everybody in the fans and everybody's looking at it like, oh, my gosh, this guy's getting paid this amount of money. He should be performing more than what he is. Right. And so I think as an athlete, you, you're still thinking, well, shoot, even if I'm not getting paid, I should still be performing at this level. If I want to be good, if I want to have a legacy, if I want to be known as a good player here in the NFL, 
this is what I have to do to perform that way. So, uh, and so I think he, he, he understands it. He gets it. Now, uh, as far as like dealing with uh, Kolovkis, uh, I think he's doing a great thing. I mean, I think that's the natural state of what guys should be. If you're a professional guy, you know, it's all about competition, but you want that guy that's playing on your team that plays your position and, you know, guys around you who's going to be on the field, you want to make him better. You want to get him better because it's ultimately the success of the team. And so sometimes everybody, you're the success of the team is integral and you're part of like success individually, right? Because sometimes when you, when the team is successful and sometimes teams will reward you from somewhere else with a big contract, that's, that's how it usually works. And so you may not really been the, the best player on the team because your team won, Teams start looking at you like, man, maybe this guy has something about him that we might want on our squad, right? And still pay him as such. So those things like it are important. But giving back to Karlovkis, you you have to have a veteran presence that knows what it, it means to develop young players. That's why when this whole thing came out with Tana, Ryan Tannehill not wanting to do it with the, uh, the Liberty quarterback, to me, was just it, it was unacceptable. It really was. To me, I, I just think that's selfish. I get the guy plays your position, but look, you know what? If you're a competitor, you got to help a guy like that out. You have to. Because ultimately, it's all, like I said before, it's all about the team. And so that's what I think Frank started to understand. Him taking those young guys under the wing. And not just him, but I see him pass rush with Chanel, uh, 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 Kendi, uh, some other guys. I'm sure Dana and those guys are all watching him to see what he's doing. And, and I think I think it might have been uh, – Dan and Mike would have been saying, like, look, this is the first time I've seen him locked and this focused in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's locked in. And so that's a wonderful thing because we need a guy like Frank Clark and his ability to be able to be locked in. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the changing of his diet, the changing of his uh, mentality and his mindset about what he wants to do, what he wants to give to this Chiefs team to make him a championship, hey, man, hey, I'm sold on it right now. So the thing is, I like where his head is at. Uh, and I think uh, it comes into the season – he stays healthy. This works for him. I think he's going to do well. Yeah, it's like a it's like a new chapter of like his like professional like you know his playing days, right? Like you know he's getting out, getting rid of the alcohol, right? He's not doing that, so it's like okay, you know, you, you get that certain lifestyles that you know everyone leads, not just professional athletes, but you know they're going out, they're drinking, they're having fun, they're having good times and stuff. Now it's more like. I got one thing on my mind. That's to that's to you know win championships, and that's what's on my mind, right? And that that's right. what maybe that's what's on my going this offseason. After having that conversation with Andy, that's like change perspective. That's what I want. I want to I want to win. I want to leave a legacy where I have more than just one Lombardi, you know, uh, trophy under my under my belt. Um, I just thought like it was pretty um, it was pretty raw to go out there and actually like admit to the media like you know I, I an average guy gets five sacks. I'm I'm better than average. I know I can do better than that. So it's like. That takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage and guts to say that to the media, you know, just to be like as open as hell. Yeah, well, shoot, but <laughs> you can't hide. I mean, everybody knows. Like, look, hey, man, listen, we know what you we know what your numbers are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can say, hey, look, I, look, I had a great year last year, and you know, hey, I, you know, I didn't get this amount, and hey, you know what, next year is going to be a better year, but I, I did a great job. And look, nobody's fooled. We watched the performance last year, uh, and it's good to be. Uh, open and honest about what you're lacking in. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Be vulnerable. And, you know, and let everybody know, look, man, matter of fact, the, the ones that's going to excoriate you probably are going to be the ones that's like, look, they're going to be on your side when you just like, look, I get it. I won that guy last year. I hadn't been that guy for the past two years. 
But I've changed what I, I, my, my, my routine about what I'm doing. I'm coming here mentally a, a different person about what I want to achieve. And I'm telling y'all right now from this step forward, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a great thing for him. I think it's a great thing for, uh, for, the, te- for the Chiefs ultimately mm-hmm. on this. But yeah, man, it's no, nah, it's great. It's great for Frank, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and also, you know, they say fatherhood changes people. You know, he, I think he, had, he had a kid during minicamp, so you know, obviously that wasn't in February, but like you know, he definitely he was expecting a kid, so he maybe was changing up the mind, the mindset, the mentality of you know how to go about things as he had a kid on his way. Maybe that's you know. Yeah, no, hey, look, man, shoot. <laughs> Kids will change your, your whole your whole life, your whole mindset, the, the whole workings of everything, mm. you know. And so, uh, hopefully, that if that was one of the factors to get to get him to that place, yep. then perfect, right? And I think I'm sure, that, of course, the you know the not drinking uh, is is. I mean, you got to you know measure what you want to be able to do. You know how you want to you know how you want to leave to your your daughter or son or whatever. Is it a daughter that he has? I think it's a daughter, right? I'm not too sure on that one. I, okay. I well, whoever his child, whatever that legacy is, he wants him to be a positive one, right? You know, he don't want the child growing up like, hey, you know, your dad was this and that and all that. You know, it's like, hey, look, your dad, shoot, became a, a better man. So, you know, we like that. Yeah, and also from the leadership aspect, um, it's like forget. I know George, the main story, that's our first round pick, but like you know, if you look at the the videos, there's there's a bunch of the young guys around there because like think about this, you know, only fifty three men make the team, right? So you're gonna yeah. have guys who are, who are in the room with Frank Clark for the, these the, these three weeks, two to three, two to four weeks, and they may not make the Chiefs team, but whatever they took away from these few weeks with Frank Clark, that's gonna carry with them to the next team, you know, and they can say, oh, well, I learned this from Frank Clark or, you know, like they always have it to talk about, oh, like, you know, who was nice to when you first came in the league? Oh, yeah, Frank Clark, you know, he kind of took uh, me out of his league, you know, and th- those are, th- th- that's special too in a way, you know. Man, it will uh, leave absolutely a mark, no doubt about it. And like you said, those guys, hey, th- this might be some guy's last training camp. It might be their last hurrah, but, but when when somebody can, uh, uh, what is the one quote they say about about how, how somebody can make you feel, how you can make somebody feel is what's important, right? And so Clark is coming in, Frank, I'm calling Frank, Frank's coming in and treat these guys that who may not be in another training camp or won't make the squad. Uh, Sister say, hey, man, this guy was all right. You know, he like he treated me with a lot of respect. Uh, you know, he, he, he took me under his wing, taught me everything he could, taught me how to be a pro, like I, I appreciate it about him, and so those things I get him in is important. It's important that you know that that guys do things like that because I mean you know plenty of guys out here that won't do it, right? Yeah. Like I, I just brought a name up who's you know, oh yeah, well I'm uh, you know I don't, I don't feel like I need to help this guy out or hold his hand or it. Oh man, well shoot, if that's the case, you ain't a really a very good teammate. Then that's what I look at, it, right? Nobody's saying this is you have to. But just as a football player and as a person, as a teammate, that's what you should do, oh. right? I mean, so that's how I feel about it. Most guys, I think, would agree with what I'm saying, especially uh, uh, professionally. I know they would. At least guys I know I play with are like that. And guys that don't want to do that, to me, hey, man, that's that's top-notch a-holes, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest with you. So, Yeah. No, it's interesting too, and you never know, too. And I know it's a little different situation, but I was watching that Derek Jeter um, documentary on ESPN, 
which uh, I think people should, should definitely watch that. But uh, with Derek Jeter, you know, no one knew when he was this young guy, no one knew how good he was going to be, right? So when he goes to their triple a team um he goes up and like says a comment to andy pettit oh like you you look like um you look like somebody i know and Andy pettit just kind of like you know like any pet you know solid mlb pitcher yeah 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 kind of like snubs him and like you know telling a story again you know he's like yep i i, I big leagued him i guess that's a that's a thing that some some you know bigger bigger guys will, will do they'll kind of like you know like stub their nose at the, at the younger guy like the yeah uh, man that's uh, what do you get out of that you know, a chuckle, a laugh. Mm-hmm. You felt like you owned him. What? What? I mean, I don't understand that. You know, so I don't know, man. We look. We know we got people like that, you know, on this planet. I, I, that's to me. That's 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 insulting mm-hmm. to a guy, especially a guy who's just trying to make it. Where you had you had to do the exact same thing. You had to come through the same road. My thing is, why don't you give the the best quality that you have to people as opposed to the worst? Yeah. So if you if you got treated with that way, this is what I don't I don't like about it. So. If somebody treated you like trash and dirt and big league you and stuff like that, why would you want to turn around and do it to somebody else? After you know how it made you feel, why would you want to do that to somebody else? Right? That's what I don't understand. I, I just, to me, it, it seemed like somebody was like, "Look, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to treat a guy like that. Yeah. A guy just coming in who's trying to make it, who's trying to eat, who's trying to make the team. I'm not going to treat him as such." Yeah. So, guys like that who who get treated terribly, uh, don't don't. Pass the hate on. Don't pass that on to somebody else. You know what? Change it up. Yeah. Switch it up. Let's make it a better place. You know, so our world just needs more of that, man, because we see too much of it, man, of, of the other thing going the opposite way. Yeah. Uh, just bad behavior, uh, you know, uh, respect and dishonesty and all type of things, man. It's just a mess out of here with, you know, dealing with that. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing. Like, shoot, uh, you know, we, we just need we just need a better minded said people professionally trying to do things to help other people out. Yeah. Yeah. More Frank Clark's less Ryan Tannehill types. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I look, I won't beat Ryan up. Maybe Ryan is, you know, but I know what he said. All right. I'm gonna hold you to what you say. You, yeah. if that's what you said. That's how you, that's what you believe in the heart. That's how, that's how it works. Shoot. Yeah. That, that's not editorializing. It's literally a direct quote. He, I mean, he did not, I mean, he, he didn't yeah, work, right. work with the kid. What um, was the saying about from the heart the mouth speaks? So yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just thought that was funny too, because you know, Andy Pettit says that and he's obviously laughing in the interview because now Derek Jeter that, that kid became Derek Jeter, who you know Derek Jeter. So, right. so like he can laugh about it now. But yeah, you're right. I I guess the whole big leaguing someone, and you see that not just in sports, you see that anywhere, right? The person who's been there longer, you know, acts that way. And I guess right of passage, because you've been there for so long, but like you know, stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't right when it happened to you. It's right. not right when you do it to somebody else. Just because you've been there and it happened to you doesn't mean you can continue, continue the trend. But you're right. Break the trend, break the norms, and kind yeah, of create, it, create a, a welcoming, inclusive environment. But Yeah, it don't cost you nothing. It cost you nothing to be kind to people, too. You know, help, help, help them get there, too. Why not, man? So. Yep. yep. Um, okay, so uh, for the uh, next topic uh, – this is something that when we were going into training camp, we talked about the uh, the position groups to take a look at. And uh, JD mentioned the running backs as the one of the groups that he wanted to take a look at going into this year because he thought you know it's a very talented room. Curious to see who comes up with, who comes out of that. Um, so so she's first team so far. Who's been running with the first team? It's been Clyde Everett Hilaire has been taking pretty much all the first rep, first team reps uh, yes. every series but as he should, yeah. <laughs> as he should. It, okay, it, it's his backfield. Um, right. 
Uh, and then Jarek McKinnon, who tore it up in the playoffs last year and down the stretch during the season, uh, has been the one, the, the first one in line to be the uh, to, to spell um, Clyde. But then this is the, this is where it kind of gets you know a little different here. Uh -oh. Isaiah Pacheco so far seventh rounder out of Rutgers has been coming in and you know and stealing a lot of reps um, with the with the one. So it's been those three. But outside of that, then um, you got uh, Ronald Jones, who has been one of the guys we brought in. A lot of people were kind of hyped about him. But then yeah. also David Corbin mixing in from time to time. So you got those two are kind of on the back seat, on the back burner with the with the, with the, the running backs we have in the room. Another interesting aspect, though, Isaiah Pacheco is the only one who's been kind of getting in the, in the return mix in the, as far as special teams goes. And they say he's going to be the uh, the first crack at the kick return job. Um, and I remember when we first drafted him, I said he kind of reminded me of Niall Davis. Niall Davis was a solid kick return with the Chiefs for, for a good for a good minute. Um, uh, and so uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so between Rojo and Gore and Pacheco, he's the only Pacheco's the only one getting the the, the um, kind of return duties. Which whether he plays in the first team or not with running back. He'll make the team as a returner if he's going to be, the, again, not a, a kick return. Um, so of what I've told you about the first team reps, the second team reps, and the third team reps, are you surprised about any of the developments uh, so far in the, uh, the running back room? Uh, am I surprised? No, look, it, it's a talented backfield. It's a talented backfield back there. Uh, uh, Rojo, maybe the reps? Uh, maybe, maybe. You know, because I, I think when he came in, I think we we knew he was going to be looking to probably upseat, uh, unseat uh, CEH maybe for the ones, right? Uh, and now, since you have Isaiah Pacheco coming in, being a return man, I think they got to work him in. They got to, you know, they got to see a little bit more than just becoming a returner. They don't want to, you know, like, hey, man, look, he's going to be a returner. He's going to be playing special teams. But we want to see if he has any ability to actually get in the game uh, and play in an NFL game as a running back. Right. That's that's really the key. And so uh, I know they're just trying him out, see where he is, see where he fits in. Uh, you know, because like it, it's all about what you do, you know, in the future. Right. When the season comes in, you know, how is it going to work? Right. And, and um, trust me, I mean, coaches are sitting over here. They're changing, you know, the, the, the depth chart daily. Believe me, it's, you know, hey, this is this guy right here looks a little bit better. What do we think about him? Hey, let's give him a few more reps, see how he handles it. You know, what is he going to do? How is he going to uh, how is he going to fit into what we want? You know, we're trying to do scheme wise. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it, man. I mean, I don't think anything else. I'm shocked by, you know, what everybody else is doing with the reps wise. You know, CEA should get first. Jared McKinnon is right up there. Should be, you know, probably going in with the ones as well. Uh, maybe Rojo and uh, Pacheco might be the little one, but I, I don't I don't put too much into it, you know, because it, it, ultimately it's going to come into what you do preseason games, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of time. There's a lot of time between now and and, and that. So uh, I did see there was a like a goal line uh package today where they had um Pacheco and as the tailback and um Michael Burton as our fullback and yeah. both, both Rutgers guys. So I thought that's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh -huh. not too very many uh, Rutgers backfields uh, in uh, in the NFL. Oh no, no. Uh uh. No. Um, but uh, so do you think we're going to carry four RBs into the season? So you think, you think one of those guys is gone and, and I'm assuming, do you think Gore is the, uh, who, who, okay. Obviously you said preseason, we have to look at the preseason games, but yeah. as of right now, who would be the odd man out of those five guys? Of the five, it had to be Gore, no doubt about it. I mean, I just, you know, they, they're looking for a guy to make strides and develop, uh, and I just, I just, right now I just see. From utilization, Gore's that guy. Well, 
uh, Pacheco's that guy that's, that's, you know, beating out Gore right now. So mm-hmm. I think if you bring in four in, it would have to be CEH, uh, McKinnon, Rojo, and Pacheco. That's what the four is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the, the one thing I, I agree with you, I think the one thing, whether Jones is, you know, the guy or not to unseat CEH, which doesn't look that, that way as of right now, um, he is a different back versus the others. You know, he's he's a different kind of back versus CEH, Jared Jer- McKinnon, and Pacheco. Pacheco seems, based on everything I'm reading about him, seems like he's an all-around back, right? CEH yeah. and Jarek, you know, they have their they have their things are good, but Roach is more of like a short yardage kind of guy, which Jarek and CEH aren't really short yardage guys, traditional short right. yardage backs. Right. No, I mean, it, you, you know, you need a guy like Rojo. You really do, especially for that tough yard and, and the one or two. You need a guy like that. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't think you could you could just a guy that you know has a rep- reputation that's played in the NFL. You know what he's going to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you're not going to be able to see it right now in the camp because he's still trying to find his way. Maybe within the next couple of weeks they'll start working in like, okay, Rojo, hey, get in, right? And look, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm, I'm gonna tell you how quick it happens in the NFL. Sure, we have, uh, well, we said two practices a day. In the morning, if a guy wasn't performing well during that afternoon at second practice, you start seeing another guy come in. That's how it was rotating. I mean, it was just that quick. That was evaluation. Now we don't have the two practices. It's like, okay, guys got to get it right for that practice. If he doesn't get it right during this practice, or let's just say Pacheco wasn't running hard, running behind his pads, bring this guy right here in. And mm-hmm. so that's what's going to be the evaluation, man. You know, can you break tackles? How does he look, actually? I mean, he, he, you know, he ran a 4-3, but does he run 4-3 on the football field, right? How fast is he, really? Okay, so that that's all those things are important. Yeah. And plus, I mean, you talk about, you know, Rojo's been a, a professional. He's he played in the league for, what, two or three years now. You put yeah. him in, let's say he's, he's still rolling with the threes by the time uh, week one of preseason comes around. He's rolling, he's playing with the threes in preseason, and he he's going to look good. I mean, he should look good against those, th- those three guys, threes and fours out there. And then from that, maybe he, he get he gets put up to the twos and the ones. He can get, kind of gets back into that ro- rotation again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, because uh, shoot, the, the thing is, he he's gonna come in. He's he's gonna figure it out. Mm. You figure it out, man. You've been around the NFL for for a few years. You start figuring out like how the numbers start working. Yeah. And your reps start getting a little shorter. You you start okay. Wait a minute, hold on. Let me start doing the math around here, mm. right? And so you know when he gets out on the field, man, it, he he got to run like the field's on fire. And the glass is out there. <laughs> he he got to make sure he has lightened it up. Yes. So uh, now nah, he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah, no, nah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I know you, we we spotlight this as one of the one of the uh, rooms to watch, position groups to watch. And yeah, yeah man. Really yeah, tough. but it's happening. It's happening. That's hey, it's hey, it's NFL, baby. That's the business. Yeah, that's it. It's it's exciting. It, it that. It, and and when you have so so much talent in like position groups like this, it makes the preseason games even more exciting to watch because you're like, damn, like who's you know who, who's going to come out like on top? Is it come out alive on that? It just it's, it's, right. it, makes, it makes it something to look forward to in preseason. Yeah. Um, and you know, and now we're going to talk about another group. Um, of, well, one specific guy from a certain group we've talked about a lot this season, uh, this off season, um, is our guy Josh Gordon. Um, okay. And, we have made contact with Josh Gordon's people, and there's a chance Josh Gordon may be coming on the show in the next few weeks. So, uh, wow. 
I'm not making any promises, but there's a chance that Josh Gordon will be coming on Chief Concerns to hear his uh, from his number one fan over here, JD. <laughs> Love to have him on, man. Love to have that guy on. Absolutely. Um. So okay. So Josh Gordon, we haven't really heard much about uh, him so far uh, in uh, from training camp. You know, everyone's tweeting about Juju, Sky Moore, uh, MVS, even uh, even Michael Hardman. Not much about Josh Gordon. You have to really have to search his name on, twi- on, on, the, on the Twitter to find anything Josh Gordon related. And the only thing I've seen so far um, on, on that aspect was uh, Fox Four KC's PJ Green uh, has tweeted a video of Josh Gordon dropping a pass saying. Uh, he's getting good separation in one-on-ones, but just dropping the open pass is becoming kind of a trend for him. That's one thing I've seen. And also another good thing was um, uh, Coach Eric Bieniemy, who talked about the experience with Josh Gordon so far. Um, and the, the the quote was, this has been a fun process with Josh um, because first and foremost, after going through it for a season, he had an off-season to spend time with us. He's in tremendous shape on some of the stuff. He's still learning, but it's been fun working with him because the thing I love about him is that he's the guy who's going to give you all that he has, which is great, I mean, great support to hear from your OC, right? Um, yeah. So, and this is one thing I, I, like I said, well, I'm not really seeing much about Josh Gordon on Twitter. You know, uh-huh. I saw only negative stuff, but then when I go on Instagram, Josh on his Instagram, he shared something. It was a, you know, a video of him catching a slant from uh, Mahomes. Um, okay. Obviously, it, it, it was no defense there, but he was with pads on, he's catching a slant. And I thought it was interesting because the, the video that I saw yesterday was a video of him catching or dropping a pass, but Mahomes wasn't the one throwing it. And we talked about how the rapport with Mahomes is a big deal because that's who he's been working out with all season. Now we're throwing other quarterbacks in there. He's trying to catch passes from other guys, you know, getting used to it. I know I get it. That's the, that's the name of the game. You have guys, backups, third stringers, and all that stuff. But right. what do you think about Josh Gordon and I guess the struggles, quote-unquote, that we've seen so far um, in training camps early? But what do you think about Josh Gordon and his chances to make the team as of right now? I mean, I, I think his chances are still good to make the team. I mean, I really do. I think they'll carry probably, you know, seven receivers. Uh, I, I think he's he's got a great opportunity to still make the squad. No doubt about it. Shoot. I think uh, I watched a video um, that he was in during team. And, I'm you know, I, I rewinded it a few times, you know, because I'm, I'm looking at body language and looking at different things like that. And so it's it's almost telling what what uh, the enemy said. You know, EB was talking about like, hey, man, look, he's still trying to figure it out. He's, he's been with us the whole year. He's still trying to get kind of acclimated and comfortable. And like when I seen him kind of run the route, like you could still see that a little bit. At least I could. I could still see like he's not letting his ability just, you know, just fly off. Like we know somebody's going to work hard. And sometimes what you try to do is you may be so uh, try to be so perfect that you start messing up. Right. When you start feeling free, like you ain't got nothing to lose, and you just let your you know athletic ability fly without thinking about what you're doing, that's when you can showcase what you know what type of guy you are. And so, this this offense, I think, it just it's you know it's predicated more. Like I said, and I, I keep saying this on, on like the smaller body, the smaller guy. It really is. Now, if you're throwing deep routes down the field, you know, on, on a bigger, taller, lankier guy. I think he'll, you know, that's where he's going to be a better fit, right? And I think, you know, like MVS is one of those guys that could do those things. And Josh could be right, probably right there behind him if that's going to be part of like what you're going to do. That's what you're going to give, be more geared toward. Um, so I think because of what I see, the app, the, how the offense is 
what it's predicated on, what their scheme is. Uh, a taller guy could kind of possibly get lost a little bit because, you know, little guys could kind of run. It's like, you know, like you said, slants, slants and, you know, in routes and like over routes, um, you know, a lot of cross routes, different things down the flat, you know, maybe curls and hooks. It, you know, Chiefs do a lot of that. That's part of their offense. Uh, you know, and the bigger guys just you got to use your body. You know, you got to, you know, push a guy out and just run it down. If you go like a 50-50 ball, throwing over a guy's head, Josh probably going to go up and go get that joker. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, that's going to be a strong suit. And I think him finding his way, like, look, where he could just like, you know what, I'm just going to let myself play, okay, into the scheme of what they're trying to do and try to fit my athletic ability into this. That's what I have to do. And so I think that's maybe some of that, the, the reticence of maybe where he may not be comfortable just quite yet. But as far as making a roster, I think I think man, he he's he, he's he's definitely got a great chance, you know, because he's still a talent. Everybody knows he's still a talent, man. We know that. Shoot, he don't have to be Josh from twenty fourteen, right? Shoot, if he's a big, wily receiver, veteran guy, you know, can go up there and catch footballs and been good. Uh, but look, we know also too, and I think we we kind of said this. There's going to be favorites. Some people don't want to see Josh make the squad and, you know, they, they want to go ahead and push him to the side and he's washed up and all that. They want to go ahead and keep believing into that narrative. Me, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. I really am. You know, so like I said, I'm pushing for the guy. Uh, I don't know if anybody, if he's done something positive, who's going to write about it, right? I think sometimes you need a, a, a person to champion you, like in the media, that's going to say, hey, look, man, Josh, man, he, he made a great catch today, Right. Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be a reporter? You know, and sometimes reporters rely on going after the popular guy. Yeah. Right. Maybe they're not the guy that they think is not going to make it. You know, they don't want th- they don't put their money on that pony. <laughs> we don't want to do that. No, not, not on this horse. But I, I'm here to tell you, man, this this Josh and I think the coaches know, I know the coaches know this guy's a guy that has ability. You know, don't count him out. Don't do it. Yeah. So. And I think we've talked about it before. It's like, if you look at all the receivers we have right now, he's so different than all the other ones. So it's like, by keeping him on the roster and like, you know, having him, and you think we're going we're gonna to keep seven receivers? You think we're going to go with seven? I think we go with seven. I, you know what? I did a count, man. I, I went through and I wrote down everybody I thought was going to make it. I, I, I have it here somewhere. I don't know. I might pull it up. But I, I uh, and I, I went down through the count of, of what I had. Uh, how many they was gonna keep on like in each, you know, each category, each, each uh position. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I have it here. Let me see. But I mean, Josh was in there, but I had the, the amount of guys I had on here. I got so many lists and stuff in here. <laughs> well, so we could knock out the first four. You got Juju, MVS, McCall Harmon, and Sky Morse. So that's four right there. That's four right there. That's you know, those four right there is I think is pretty, pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I had Josh right there at the beginning as the fifth guy. Uh uh, Powell was like the sixth, and the seventh could go to any of those guys, man. That that I think the special teams guys. So so, uh, you know, the six and seven's got to play special teams. Ain't, ain't no question about it. That's the, that's the way it's going to work. And then, of course, you know, I know Sky Moore's going to play special teams. Yeah, some of those things. Oh, okay, here we go. So let me see. Oh no. So I had on here. I got. Six wide receiver count. This is a 53-man roster. Okay. 
Now, this is what I had, and this I'm, I'm going to change this up. So I had five running backs, six wide receivers, nine O-linemen, four tight ends, uh, and we see three special teamers, and I think I had, you know, two QBs that they're going to carry. Mm. And then I had eight D-lines, six DBs, four strong safeties, six linebackers, which 24 on that, 24 and 24. And then the special teams. Uh, I had 53, however it came in. Yeah, I think it's that's what it is. So 24 on offense, 24 on defense, uh, a 48, two QBs, that's 50, and three special teamers is what I'm looking at. Okay, so you said you had five RB, and that's including fullback? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then you had four tight end, you said? Four tight ends. Do you think that goes to three and they cut Blake Bell? Because that, that's, that's, that's a lot of people are saying that that's a possibility that can happen. A lot of people are saying that, man, but I'll I tell you what, shoot, you, you better make sure those three guys are going to be able to block like you want him to yeah. in, in, in short yardage situations, you know? So uh, and I, I heard people say, well, you can just use that tackle for that. Well, you could. You, you possibly could do that. I think it just to me, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Look, you got a tight end. I, we ain't bringing another tackle in for that. Don't do that. Don't do it to us. Don't cut us off. Shoot, they <laughs> <laughs> don't cut our throat. Shoot, forget that. And leave that tackle out somewhere else. Well, how many of those tackles can they be the wildcat quarterback on uh, on fourth and inches? Huh? I mean, Blake Bell's the only one who's doing that. <laughs> right, right. And you know, I heard somebody. Oh, you can use somebody else for that wildcat. Yeah, you could. But hey, look, look. Don't don't start exiting out, Blake. You know, Blake Bell. Don't do that. We ain't gonna do that, man. Bell, man, we standing behind you, brother. Okay, tight end, solid. That's, that's where we at with it. Okay. So you had six receivers then, right? I had six receivers. So who that's what who, I had? Who Five running backs, nine O line, four tight ends. That's where I was. But I, I could, I could see that and change it up. I could see four running backs. I don't think we need well five because we got the fullback. Yeah, that's oh. right, Bird, So that's a five. Yeah, six wide receivers, nine O line. You know, four tight ends. That's that's gonna be tough. So that, man, that's six. Whoo. Yeah. Who, who, who's your sixth on that list you got there? Uh, <laughs> had to come later. <laughs> I think I saw the first five or six, but I, I, I that's what I got. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. I mean, Josh, we talked about these. Okay. Let's look at the four locks that receiver for now. Those four locks Juju, MVS, McColl, and Sky. What right. all those guys have in common, and those guys are the big body guy that Josh Gordon is. You know, it's like he brings something to the table that these guys don't have. Right. And right. You can find the any other receivers that we have. Yeah. I and mean, those guys are big, but those guys are, you know, um around the same stature. Uh, but the thing that today what I saw was um it was a tube. Dave Tuba talked about um how uh Doris Fallon's probably going to uh, probably would make the team. Um he's he's doing well right now. Um, based on the way they're seeing he would make the team, is what they're saying. Um, and that's, that, that's someone who, you know, he plays special teams. He made a team yeah. last year. Um, and then also, uh, Justin Watson, um, he said a, a big reason, uh, for him coming to Kansas city was, you know, if each told him that he had a good shot at making the team, if he signed in Kansas city, you know, obviously it's really early and you have to, you have to kind of play to, to, to get your spot on the team. But, you know, er everyone thinks that they got a shot to make the team. It's obviously what the, what the coaches want to go with. And I, I just think that if you just look at, you know, body of work and just with the way they are and stuff. Josh provides something that the, these other receivers don't provide. Um, right. But, you know, it, and he has that. The question is, 
would have utilized it though, right? Yeah. Would utilize what he what he has, it, you know, part of his gift of you know being a big body receiver. And so I think he has to find his way, like in the offense, where he has to say, "Look, I'm a big body receiver. I got to start bodying guys up." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a, my like my son. So my son was a wrestler, and so he was six three wrestling. And so when he first got started, you know, when I was watching him, he was trying to wrestle like the smaller guys, like the shorter guys. And I'm just like, "Look, man," I said, "You you can't wrestle." like a smaller guy. You could be as quick as them, but use your length to your advantage, right? Like, use your length. Once he started understanding that, then he started winning, Matt. He started realizing, okay, like, you know, now I could kind of, you could sprawl, I'm like, you could sprawl out. Like, the worst thing you possibly do as a big guy is get put into a ball. Because I said, you know, when you start losing, that's what they were doing. The little guy was getting you into a ball where you couldn't move, where you couldn't expand. I said, man, shoot, you want to expand like a spider, like, you know, like Bone Jones. That sucker expands, you know what I mean? He's going to let his limp. That's what you want to be able to do. And so it's the same thing, like, when I'm seeing, uh, like, on pass rush. Like, if you're a big guy, got long arms, don't let a guy get into, don't let a guy get into you. Don't let him get to your space. You know, that, you don't want that to happen. You keep him at bay. Boom, get them arms out here. You hit that sucker in the mouth. Before he can, oh shoot! Before he can get his hands, before he make a move, changes things, right? Mm-hmm. Use that that limp to your advantage. That's what you want to be able to do. So, uh, that's what I'm, are they going to use his limp to to their advantage? Are they going to you know utilize that limp that he had? Yeah, that's the question. You know, if they don't, then hey man, I see. You know, when we talk about like Justin Watson, you talked about uh, you know Doris Fountain, who are special teams guys. That might be a nod, you know, as far as how things work, you know. For, I mean, this is the NFL, man. Is is you know, and and what what we can, what we gonna carry, is what we are gonna be able to use, right? Like, shoot, uh, you can have certain things in your arsenal. Uh, I don't know. Let's just say that you own land, but you got a you got a boat in your arsenal, but you don't need a boat. What you need it for? We on land, you know. Yeah. I guess if we're going to be some water, but we ain't going to be near water anytime soon. Then, you know, it's just taking up space. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I'm look, I'm still pushing for Josh. Yeah. I still think he has a lot of a chance. It's probably three or four weeks. To start making the decision of what guys are going to do. So that's, that's how it works, man. It's NFL. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement. Do you think that, they used him. I remember a couple of years ago when we brought in Kelvin Benjamin during the middle of the season. We kind of used him primarily in like the red zone area. Yeah, we, yeah. You see them keeping Josh Gordon on and kind of bring him on. It's more of like a like in a red zone package kind of deal where he comes in just for for that kind of stuff because that you could use the size in, in the red zone there easily. You you could you could use the size for that man. You, you really can. Uh, matter of fact, I, I look at it this way: uh, like when Jody is down. Right, we know Jody has length. Like y'all can utilize him at that position. Mm-hmm. You really could, right? I mean, guys, and all you're doing is putting pieces in different spots. That's all you're doing, right? And I'm not saying until Jody gets well, he can learn that position. There's, you know, everybody should learn everybody's position. I may mean, ask work anyway. Everybody knows what everybody is doing. They should. If they don't, then it's I, I, I don't know what they're doing, right? So for real, I mean, you're not good at pro if you don't know what you know, the X or the Y or the Z is doing or the F or, you know, the H or nobody's true, then you ain't paying attention. You ain't trying to keep a job. 
Mm-mm. So, uh, I don't know if I was Josh or somebody like that. Hey, man, we need somebody. Hey, I do it, coach. Uh, you know, you get somebody back and like, hey, hey, coach, I can do it. Hey, we need somebody to hold the ball. I can do it, coach. I got it. You know, and that's how I guess, man, we start getting on the bubble, man. Hey, we need somebody to go pick up these dummies. I go do it, coach. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you become the, I, I can do it, coach. I can do it, coach. So, got to prove your worth. You pr- prove that value. Prove your value, man. Shoot. Some of them guys, man, going to be out there. Hey, man, we need the washers broke. I can wash clothes like coach. Just give me a rock and some water and some soap. I can get it done. Hey, desperation. So, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think during the offseason, they were looking for that. Like, look, this we have a bigger body here. We can do these things with this guy. How about doing this? And so sometimes I see some of the, you know, of course, the uh, the deeper post routes or the deeper, you know, corner routes. A guy like that could definitely win on those uh, those matchups. Right. Yeah, it's like we said, you know, like the, the the stuff really comes on when the pads come on, right? Like the the coaches are starting to make their like their list when the pads come on. You, everyone's a gym class hero with the, with that with no pads on. It's when the, it's when the pads come on. That's when we're seeing the, the, the real deal guys are. So right. I mean, if Josh did have a bad first few days, like we said in the opening of the show, then he can make that up right now by with the pads on, you know, and going out there and playing football, you know. Man, I tell you what, if I'm if I'm Josh, I'm going out there, man. I'm snatching every DB and whatnot, man. I'm just I'm playing bully ball with my size at that moment. You know what I mean? Yep. And just let himself fly. Look, just let his athletic ability fly. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about anything right now. If your back's against the wall, you let that thing go. Yep. Let that thing fly. Go out there, compete every little thing, catch every little ball. You know, because everybody, first thing, it's, like I said, somebody created a narrative. Oh, when he had a bad drop, or he, oh, he had him beat, but he dropped the ball. Okay, I'm sure other people are dropping the ball. I've seen other people drop the ball mm-hmm. out there in practice. You know? So, all right, we're going to slant it that way. I got it. We we understand what's going on. Yeah. Cool. I'm pushing for Josh Gordon. I am. I'm going to stick with it until something else happens, you know, Hey, I want the guy. I wish him well. I want him to be here, and I hope we get him and utilize him the way his size and everything can do what we can utilize for him. Mm. Cool. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I 100. I think it's it's really unfair. I know Josh Gordon's a bigger name than the other receivers who were on that bubble, right? But like for that, for for the only reports I've seen, it be like, oh, Josh, you know, dropping passes. It's like you're telling me no other receivers dropped the pass. We're only talking about Josh Gordon. Good separation, but. Dropping a lot of passes, like come on now, like it's these guys are catching hundreds of balls uh, throughout these these few weeks. So people are dropping passes. He ain't the only one out there dropping passes. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, you know the thing is, reality. You know, he just got to need keep showing up, keep yeah. showing up more. And sometimes it's what you got to. You like, look, yeah, I keep showing up more. You got to do something great today. You know, I think Josh said it's like, look, I got to do something great today. I'm making a couple of plays right now to do some moves and the eyes and stuff like. Let everybody remember. Who you got right here? This name on the back jersey? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's back. Sometimes yeah. you got to show those things, right? Yeah. Search yeah. your dominance. And another guy we talked about uh, who's also doing well, which I've heard, is Corey Coleman's been been playing pretty well, too. He's, uh, he's Yeah. I like Corey. Corey, yeah. So, it's man, look, it's, it's, it's tight. It's tough in that room. Yeah. It's uh, going to be tough in that room. Again, it's going to be fun to watch the thir- third and fourth quarters preseason games because – Man, we're deep, man. The third, third, fourth preseason games are gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, it's like our guy, you know, Cornell Powell, we was talking about, hey, man, we, you know, we love that guy. I mean, we just, you know, shoot, see what he does. And I'm sure he's going to play special teams too. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. We know his mentality, what he's he's going to go out there and and, and push for. Yeah. So, hey, man, it's <laughs> that's that's the battles in, 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 in camp that you want to see, right? So I'd rather have that, like, man, there's so many guys are here as opposed to like, man, who we got? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the it's the opposite of what what, what some teams are going to have, where it's like, yeah, who's going to be the top six? It's like, man, who I don't even know who number four, number five are. You know, like right. we have we have guys we go we go nine deep over here. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good problem to have, but it's also unfortunate because you know some of the guys that we're fa- we're fans of aren't going to make the team. It's like that's the reality of it, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, next topic, uh, which was the big topic of the last about a month, I think we had we had this guy's name on every show for the last month. Uh, it's our guy Orlando Brown Jr., who made an appearance uh, at training camp this week. Uh, he came- oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> he came back. Came back. I'm just messing with you. I'm just playing. He said, he said Pat's coming on. He said he had to be there. He said he knew he knew this was Coach Reed's. Like uh, I thought, it was, it was interesting. He said it was co- he knows Coach Reed loves the the first few days of Pat, so he had to be there for Pat. It's like okay, and Coach Reed ain't the only one who's uh, who's a big fan of the, the first few days of getting Pat's on. Okay, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, nah, I love it. Uh, I love this even more though. The big reason why, according to um, uh, Pro Football Network's uh, Aaron Wilson, was Patrick Mahomes uh, encouraged him to get back to work. Uh, and that was a big uh, factor for Orlando Brown in coming to pra- coming back to training camp, and uh, how how fast he did it was Mahomes being the, the leader and, and pushing him to come there. So uh, I thought that was that was fantastic. <laughs> I bet Bradley. Hey, listen, <laughs> don't call this joke of the night. Hey, listen, hey, look, hey, you suckers out here breathing down my neck. I'm just letting you know, okay? That, that, sign the franchise tag, please. All right, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you, okay? Please. I, I Did wonder, I say please? Did I say please? Please, click. Call me back. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of that is him, uh, what, Orlando, and him being as close as they are, or is it actually like, yeah, these these left tackles out here, man, they they ain't it. I I, I need you here now. <laughs> right combination, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I'm being funny, but uh, but for real, like he's a hey, hey, listen, look. <laughs> he, he, if he's watching the practice and, and the guy is getting beat by somebody who, who should be beating him, he's like, what are we going to do? We get into the season yeah, against, you know, the pro bowler or mm-hmm. the one is, you know, who's a headhunter. Yeah. What are we going to do then? You know, I need to watch my back. My back needs to be okay. I need to be standing up over here. All right. Mm-hmm. Call me back. OBJ. Call me back. Mahomes giving him the wink, wink. Don't worry, man. V- visual gets you in the office. Don't worry. I promise. We'll, yeah, we'll, I got look. Yeah, yeah. make it right. Yeah, they don't make. <laughs> they don't take care of you. Um, but no. So um, after all of his first practice, uh, he he was at the uh, the podium and he said something pretty interesting. He said, uh, "Quote: I want to finish the rest of my career here in Kansas City, and it's not about the money." Which is a lot of fans were like, "What do you mean it's not about the money?" It, it was about the money because we offered you pretty pretty fair amount, and you decided to not take it. So. What do you think about this whole the, the latest in this Orlando Brown Jr. saga? You know, him returning to camp, him saying he wants to finish his career, but yet it's not about the money. What do you what do you think about all that? Uh I'm happy uh Orlando Brown Jr. is back at, at the Chiefs in camp. And what, <laughs> and what do you think of <laughs> and what do you think about this? Uh what <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, man, listen. Hey. All right. <laughs> this is me. This is how I feel about it. That, look, I get it. I get, look, him sitting there saying, look, I don't, I want to come to pad, you know, practice in pads right now. I know I would have felt maybe a little, some type of way, a little sting, and maybe he had to just get past that. And that's fine. If he needed his break and whatnot to, for negotiations and cool. Hey, look, take, take whatever time you need. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> Refocus. Okay. Get your back mind back into what you need to do, right? Let's get back into the grind and let's go back at it. And so maybe that's what he wanted and maybe he wanted to get there with it. I get that part of it, right? And I, I, That's what I think he was. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm all right with that. I, look, I ain't mad at him. It's, you know, look, as a player, I understand negotiations work. Sometimes you don't like them all the time. I've had that. I've had conversations with other, you know, other players about like the negotiations. And sometimes you're going to feel like, man, the things is, you know what I mean? Like it is personal, right? And sometimes, sometimes that holdout is that, that whole deal. Like, man, look, I think they slighted me on this. That's his feeling about it. The Chiefs feel the other way and they have every right to feel that way. Like, look, man, look, we offered you something we thought was fair. This is what we're going we gonna to sign you for. This is where we at with the whole franchise tag. Take it or leave it. Okay. Deal with it this year and next year. If you play like you're supposed to play, like we think that you are, and if you say that you are, we're going to compensate you for it, right? We don't mind doing that. We just need to see a little bit more. I I get that. Every camp has their own feelings about whatever. I get that. And so now what we know is he's back at camp. That's a great thing. Uh, It's going to take him some time to get acclimated. You know, I've seen him a little slow out out the break. I mean, it's, it's live ball now. This is live. And so you, there's so much tennis you can play in tennis balls you're going to be able to do. And he knows that. You know what I'm saying? Now, for real. I mean, it's funny, but it's true. He's like, hey, man, shoot. You know, Frank Clark coming around here, man, salivating and right, grunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. He ain't had no uh, uh, tennis instructor doing that to you. So but believe me, he's like, hey, man, I got to get back in here. Right? And he knows that. He, he knows this. Look, who butters his bread, but he knows – who will butter his bread if he plays the way that he knows he has the ability to play? He knows that. So, hey, I ain't got no problem with that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's been he's been uh, swimming, doing a lot of swimming laps too uh, throughout this offseason to kind of get in shape. And t- Tennis and swimming, I, I, I like it. I, I, I like it. it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> his condition, I think, is going to go up, man. But you you need that. You need that umph. You need that power. You need that push. You need that those hits. Yep. You know, you just can't simulate football any other way other than going out there and being physical playing football yeah i mean you just can't i mean you could you could try to simulate it as much as possible mm. you know but uh tackling domain gonna hit you back sled ain't gonna hit you back mm. you need to go against a live body and so uh thank goodness he's here you know glad he's here man glad he's back in camp and yes. so uh like i said patrick yeah hey i'm gonna facilitate this Yo, listen, OBJ, call me back. Call me back. Call me back. Click. <laughs> and whatever works. And I, and I know that they um uh, uh, there was a picture, uh, it was a video, but it was um you saw Orlando Brown. I don't know if you saw it. Orlando Brown was like, standing watching the practice, and next to him was Veach, you know, patting his uh patting the shoulder pad. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, man, listen, look. Hey, no hard feelings right now. It's all business. And, and that's what you got to – 
At a certain point, you realize it's business. You're right. Mm. Don't always make it right, but it is business. Okay. You know, we, everybody has their own interests at hand. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't think, and I heard everybody talking about, well, his agent needs to do him. He ain't got nothing to do with his agent. <laughs> the agent works for him. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if people understand that, but Leonard Brown Jr., he hired the agent. The agent works for him. Mm-hmm. The agent can't make any decision about what he does and doesn't do. Okay. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. So, uh, I'm glad he's back in practice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think it's funny. His offseason of um, tennis and, and swimming, man, it's like, uh, you know, he spent, he spent his offseason at, at the country club. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, shoot. Hey, hey, if it, it gets him in better conditioning, I'm good for it. I'm all for it. Take I'm it. all for it. I ain't going to hate it. I'm, I ain't mad at the brother, man. I like it. Matter of fact, shoot. Sometimes you got to, you know, expand you know, your workouts to to become better. And I think that he was thinking outside the box to do that. I I like that part of it. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, as, as long as uh, as long as he looks good out there, I don't, I, I don't care how he's doing it. I don't, know, I don't care how he's spending his summers. Right. Uh, but, yeah. Um, okay, so for the last topic tonight, um, uh, Carlos Dunlap, uh, who we talked about on the show, who actually we talked about a month ago, and JD said this was this is the potential of this happening. It was Carlos Dunlap coming to Kansas City? Uh, we had we had a few veterans, but Carlos Dunlap was amongst the veterans that JD said was coming. So you know, that's what J, that's what JD does. Um, um, Damas, as we call him. But so since our last show, we signed him uh, to a one year, um, eight million dollar deal with incentives. So we found out uh, yesterday what his base salary was, uh, and that was one year, one point one two million. That was his base salary. With yeah. seven million dollars worth of incentives and bonuses, so my question is: We got a thirty-two-year-old edge rusher coming uh, to bolster up the pass rush. Um, a guy who gets after the quarterback, eight and a half sacks last year. Um, when we're talking about a one-year, one point one two million dollar deal, based yeah. pretty much all incentive based, and they, we're talking about a, a, for a pass rusher, a hungry guy who wants to who wants to get paid. Um, I mean, how 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 Veach of this how 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 Veachy is this deal where he's pretty much giving you eight million dollars but you have to kind of earn that eight million dollars if you want if you wanted that eight million you got to get to the quarterback I mean how much do you like this deal for a, for a hungry veteran uh, edge rusher you, you know what if it's heavy incentive laden uh, if they're attainable right if it, if it's something that's kind of easy like yeah you know this guy get that mm. right maybe I don't know maybe get $3 million over four sacks. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Call it, oh, shoot, I could do, I could get four. Shoot, if I play in the entire season, I could get four. So if, it, if it's something like that, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all, right? I think what it does is saying, okay, if you don't perform, then you're not going to get the money, right? Right. It's just it's just how it works, pure and simple. So we didn't really lose that on the deal other than, you know, if we lost out on not getting the guy in here that was going to perform, mm-hmm. and we're not going to get hit over the head with losing a lot of money either, you know, to him. And right. his, you know, lack of performance, if you will. So, no, nah, I, I, I think it's nothing like. Well, you need to get 15 sacks this year to get. I don't, I don't think they're incentive like that. Nothing like that, right? So, like I said, a veteran guy like that, you, you want to do a guy right. You, you want to make it where uh, it can be lucrative for him. Kind of works. So it's like, hey man, we, we'll, we'll put little, uh, you know, goals and milestones in here, incentives in here. But you, you might be, you should be able to obtain with your, with your ability. At 32 years old, had eight sacks like you should be able to get these. And so I think that's probably what it is. Uh I, I don't 
I, I can understand that. I like to see what they are. I'd actually like to see the contract and see what the incentives are. That that'd be really interesting to see, right? Full details are, aren't out yet. It's just it's it's bonuses and, and incentives. So that's what. The okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I I would think it's probably what it is. As you know, as a veteran of third, you know, being thirty two years old, that's probably something. Like I said, that he can, he he should be able to uh, obtain all those goals, all those incentives, if he performs like he did last year. Right. That's how I, that's how I view it. Right. Pretty reasonable milestones. Yeah, reasonable. But BJ ain't gonna be like, hey, maybe, hey, hey. <laughs> we gonna do something, all right? So you got to get a uh, 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 ten sacks and <laughs> clean, clean like uh, ten cars out here in the, in the parking lot or something. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Beach, Beach, <laughs> Beach is a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's something else. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as far as now that we have Dunlap in the room, um, how I mean, what, what would you kind of grade this 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 line this uh, this edge rush? I mean, that we have now. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty formidable with that. If Carlotta's pans out, you got Frank Clark who's looking like his younger version of himself. Uh, you got Mike Dana who had what like six sacks last year, and then you add Carlos Dunlap who had eight and a half last year. I, I think this is a pretty nice looking room. It, it, yeah. I think it'd be a good room. I think it's going to be it's a lot better than we was looking <laughs> a few weeks ago. That's for Dagon sure. That's for Dagon sure. So uh, I'm 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 like okay now I'm I'm I feel a lot better. I feel a lot better what's in the room right now. Uh, like I said, than I did a few weeks ago, a few months ago. So yeah. uh, he, he'll he'll bring something in, especially with also too uh, Frank helping the younger guys out. That's that's key. That's important. Now you're gonna have another veteran presence that's gonna just be able to keep tailoring and helping these younger guys out. Mm-hmm. I hopefully these young guys are just listening and just taking in and eating everything these guys are saying, right? Just feeding all that, feeding all information and knowledge and watching these guys. Because man, here you got two guys, man, who shoot, without a doubt, uh could easily be some of the top defensive ends in the NFL, right? Take what they say. And take it to the bank and listen to every good thing that they have to say about it, right? So uh, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. He's gonna he's gonna drive competition from younger guys. He's gonna he's gonna get it out of them. So that's what I say. That 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 being complacent sometimes in that position, mm-hmm. Dunlap's gonna bring it out of younger guys. Not to do that. I mean, would you say? I mean, because this is already. I mean, obviously we had, we had Melvin Ingram last year, but we didn't have. So now you say Dunlap replaces Melvin Ingram, that veteran role, right? So you have Clark, and then you have the who Dunlap who replaced the Melvin Ingram role. But then you have Carl Loftus. We didn't have a Carl Loftus last year. So already this edge rush room is already better than it was last year if you just look at it on paper, right? Right, right. Yeah, true. Absolutely. I agree with that. That's an improvement. <laughs> yeah. And the last thing, this is something that – how – okay, so we have Frank Clark. So the, the biggest additions we've had from the edge rush in the Veach era, where we, we went and got Frank Clark from Seattle, right? And then we're bringing in Dunlap, who's also played in Seattle. What is it that we like about these Seattle type DNs? I mean, what, what I mean, what, what do you know about the kind of defensive scheme they have that we kind of like about these guys? I don't know, man. You know what? I, I think you know, sometimes I do know this that some teams have a better report with other teams, right? And so uh you may have somebody that that's in the front office or you know, you know, over the years, like you trust a guy. You know, they're like, hey, man, look, this guy right here is a, a, a real guy. And, you know, we've done deals in the past, so let's let's talk about doing some things now. 
And so you'll you'll see that. But I think that like defensively, uh, I think this the scheme is is somewhat similar. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of Seattle right now. I don't even know who the, who's the D coordinator up in Seattle. Do you know? It's not, it's not Ken Warren Jr. anymore, is it? Uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, D.C. Uh, their defensive coordinator is uh, Clint Hurt. He was the D-line coach for the last four years of Seattle. Okay, he was D-line coach? Yeah, he was their D-line coach for the last four years, and now he's their D.C. Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just a report. You know, scheme-wise, like I said, I don't know too much about, you know, the Seattle. I haven't really watched them to see where they are mm-hmm. for everything. But um, obviously they, they do have they do have some type of uh, relationship with their organization uh, to get these guys from up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, if, if <laughs> you ain't worried about Seattle coming out of your own division and all of that, that's, I mean, hey, these guys are away from over here. You know, sometimes you try to get guys in your own division or, you know, Oh no! Uh, no way! Yeah. The same conference? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Nope, nope. Stay away from them. Nah, we ain't, we ain't got nothing up here. Appreciate your phone call. Yeah. So, and it also uh, helps too to know that at the end, before Dunlap makes his decision, Seattle wanted to bring him back. So it wasn't like Seattle didn't want to like bring him back again. Seattle had an extending offer out there for him, but he just chose to come to a better situation because he wants he wants to win. So you know, yeah, yeah. he made the right choice. <laughs> he did. No yeah. question. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we head out here, I just want to ask you, uh, what's one thing you're going to be looking for going into uh, before our next episode next week? What's one thing you're going to be kind of keeping an eye on for as we kind of move to towards week three of training? Like I, you know, like I said, man, I, I just I want to see some more film, I, some more competition, you know, 11 on 11, 9 on 7, uh, 7 on 7. You know, I, I want to get a little bit more of that film. I've, I've been, you know, kind of looking here and there seeing some things, but I want to see the actual field. You know, mm-hmm. somebody just having like a couple of series or whatever, so I can evaluate. And it's it's hard to do like when you see you know somebody will show a highlight of somebody doing it. Yeah, my mind football mind. I'm like, man, I want to let me see the play. I want to see this everything. I want to see the whole field. I want to see how guys' feet are moving and what what things look. And what I have seen, the only the little meat that I've gotten, uh, you know, it's it's, it's I say this. It's beginning of camp, and you'll see things like that. You'll see some linemen get high on their toes. You'll see some linemen giving up the edge. You'll see, you know, some pass rushers maybe, you know, like coming and and not bending like they should. I mean, you see, I seen like some of the video of like Trey Smith, you know, and I, I'm, I'm looking at him evaluating like, oh man, he got to put a little bit more, you know, off into what he's doing. Mm. But first time in pads, right? This, this is camp. First couple of weeks, it's gonna be like that. It's gonna, everybody's gonna. Try to find a way. That's how it happens. Around about week three, everything starts clicking. And then you start having that first preseason game. And then another game comes in. And that's where it's like, man, we rolling. We rolling. So. Yeah. Uh, next week when we uh, when we see you guys next, uh, we a couple of days before uh, the first preseason game where we play the uh, the Bears. I think we're yeah. August 13th. So, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in. Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we give you a little bit of a preview of that Chicago Bears Chiefs game and uh, obviously talk about whatever storylines are uh, continue to come out of training camp over the next few weeks. So we'll see you guys next week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. 
And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.